0: To football on Turk episode 15. The season is over. We have a winner. We have three losers. Um, first and foremost, are congratulations because obviously you weren't here last week. So congratulations. Are you done partying uh, already?
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm just about done partying. I'm exhausted. I, uh, I took the trip to Istanbul last weekend. Uh, actually, uh, last week actually. I was there for about eight days. Uh, I couldn't go to the game. The, the, it was obviously a sellout. But I did make the trip to Nevizade in Taksim and party with a couple of thousand hardcore GS fans. Um, Uma tells me a lot of them out there would have been banned from the previous Besiktas game, so they were true hardcore. The flares and the beers were flowing. Uh, there were a lot of um, international uh, fans as well. A few a few of the Japanese guys who were supporting Nagatomo were there. They obviously put up um, put on quite a show for for all the fans. And then after the match, uh, went to Floria, which was quite an experience to say the least. Flares, screams, old people, young people, boys, girls. I mean, it was just a crazy, crazy atmosphere. I mean, exactly as you'd expect it to be. And and then some. It was really, really awesome.
0: Well, I, hoped you, I hope you soaked it up uh, so that you can last for a couple of years without. Um, oh. Now, let's move on to those results. And of course, I we are also joined by Burak Sezgin. And uh, Umut Nadari is once again joining us too, folks. But let's dig into it right away. I'm not going to say hi to those two uh, fellows because <laughs> they don't deserve my attention. Of course, it's a joke. Burak, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing very well, thank you very much. Um, the season has ended, and nightmare season for Fenerbahce is over, so we look to the summer to rebuild once again and host more telethons where people phone in and give us um, money. So, yep, uh, good to be here with all you fine gentlemen and looking forward to discussing uh, the last week of action in the Super League.
0: Yeah, so uh, if you want to donate some money to uh, Fenerbahce, you can transfer that to (laughs) BE8397316. That's obviously (laughs) another one of my great jokes. Uh, Umut, and thank you as well for joining us again uh, for this final episode of the 2018-19 season, because this is going to be the final episode, not... Of football turka, but for this season, of course, which, of course, for you, Umut, and for Uzar, was great for Burak and myself, a little less great. But uh, football is always fun, even when it's controversial, even when it's not so fun, it's still fun. Uh, That's why we love it. So, let's uh, let's take a quick look at the results. Um, there's a lot of matches, of course, that aren't going to be too important on this match, they were going to focus mainly on the relegation dogfight, because nothing was decided yet there, except for Akisar's fate, of course, which we learned about two weeks ago already, but Erzurum Bursaspor, Bursa Spor and Gustepe were all still fighting for that final spot to stay in the league, or rather to avoid those final two spots to go down so we'll be focusing on that but before we get to that we go to the Friday results where Bashakchi here once again did not manage to win they drew against Alanya Sport one-to-one Idin Vistia here got the scoring started in the sixth minute but Junior Fernandez scored 10 minutes later to make it 1-1 this match ended also that way and this is the 10th Uh, Just a 10th point in the last 9 matches for Bashakshir, an interesting statistic which I was calculating as I was taking a look at their form. So in the last 9 matches of the season, they gathered only 10 points. In the other 25 matches of the season, they gathered a whopping 57 points. That's an average of 2.28 points per game. So in the last 9 games, they averaged only 1.12 points per game. Uh, to put that into perspective, Galtzray won the league title with an average of 2.03 points per game. So, Bysakshir really were well on their way to win the title until those last final, you know, those nine that, that nine-game stretch where they completely and utterly bottled it. Ten points in nine games, it's just, that's flunked. Khan, I
1: think you've just described the Oxford Dictionary De- definition of bottling it. I yeah. mean, that is a crazy statistic.
0: It it truly is um, going from 2.28 points on average per game to only 1.12. That's a relegation uh, contenders uh, average. Um, But not really much to be said on this game. Edin Visha gets on the score sheet again for the 13th time this season, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, not much else to add. Unless any of you have anything to add to this, we shall move over to the next one.
2: No, just Ed and Visschet ends the season on, on a high for him personally. Uh, he's the assist king uh, with 14, I believe. That is and correct. hopefully he'll be playing in another team's colours next season, because he does deserve a lot better than playing to an empty stadium in front of his home fans
0: so just to quickly round out sorry to interrupt, but quickly to round out his statistics, so 13 goals and 14 assists this season he was involved in 27 goals in the league this season, that's just three less than him by Diagne uh, scored, but I think Diagne might have gotten an assist or two So, uh, still very impressive
1: and it's also two, probably, but also certainly by accident. <laughs> um, do you guys think that Shir are going to fall apart next season in terms of uh, the players are going to be pushed by other clubs, Avgis' future is uncertain, all that kind of thing? I think this is really the end of the road for 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 them as a club. And yeah. then it can only really go downhill. From, I, I you know, think this there's...
0: team is going to fall apart for sure. Emre yeah. Bellozoglu is going to leave. Right. Avgis is about to sign for Besiktas. Um, and then Edin Ed- Ed- Edin will more than likely uh, leave too. I would imagine whether he going to try to follow his mentor or go abroad. I think this is the time. Of course, uh, I spoke to Bruno Bataro earlier, um, and and he did say that uh, Monchi has had him on his list for a while, and now that he's heading back to Sevilla, maybe he will attempt uh, to try him to br- to bring him into Sevilla. I think he would fit really well. Uh, at Sevilla, actually, at Invisca. I think that fits his playing style perfectly. Um, but otherwise, of course, there's some options in Turkey. I'm sure Fenerbahce would love to have him. Besiktas would love to have him. Obviously, Trabzonspor and even Galatasaray, If Feguli gets sold, you could imagine uh, Vizca being a perfect uh, replacement for him. Um, but uh, I think it's definitely time for him to go. 28 years old, he spent the, the prime of his career at that club, and if he is going to make a move, it has to be this summer, I think, for him. Otherwise, it's going to be too late, probably.
2: A hot take, I think that the Bashar here, if they do get ripped apart, they could actually be contenders for relegation next season. So um, that is my hot off the press tip. Um Ooh,
0: inshallah, they do. I think they'll bring in Okan and I think they will uh, do well. <laughs> <laughs> well well I mean I don't uh, think they will relegate I think they will I think he will have a, I think he will start uh, laying the groundwork for a new team and I think in a, a year or two three day will be uh, contending again perhaps um, Okan Buruk is definitely one we'll of see. the most we'll, we'll see he coming, becomes
1: uh, uh, we'll, we'll see he becomes mayor of Istanbul I think hmm. if it goes in way he might yeah. have something to say about that but, but yeah we'll see
0: Umutsa, do you wanna give your opinion? Well, I think
3: uh, Bashaghir uh, will uh, lose their players uh, because uh, uh, upcoming foreigner rule is uh, uh, being talked uh, among the, amongst the uh, uh, like TFF uh, and uh, every team will uh, likely to be uh, at the. Quality players in their squads like Irfanjan Kahweji and uh, I think who they have Sonar uh, mm-hmm. and like. Uh, Demir Yeah, would, I don't uh, quite rate him because like he's a just straight player, like a yeah. uh, Water carrier. Uh, yeah, water carrier kind of. Uh, and but their quality Yeah, their quality players will be sold uh, with uh, good prices because. Uh, I think they see it as a like a money making business so
0: oh, but do you think they have a lot to sell though? I mean most of their players are well into their 30s. I don't think they can ask too much money for any of them except for yeah, but uh,
3: you can also see their uh, inform
0: like an El
3: Elia or yeah.
0: uh, even but who's, uh, who's gonna pay who's gonna pay more than two or three million for Elia at this point yeah, at age yeah but
3: uh, he can travel around Turkey. I think, like, it uh, amongst Anatolian cl- clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody's going to
0: yeah. pay a decent fee.
3: Yeah. Yeah, but he, he can be a good sub for every team in uh, Turkey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's yeah. Hazy an winger. So it's going to be very interesting, for sure, yeah. to see what's yeah. going to happen with them this summer. Um, but they did just bring in a new player, which is one of my first uh, non-match-related notes. But they have announced the signing of Aziz Beyc. Of course that former Bursa Spore left back and also Australia International that we will all remember from his heroic goal line clearances over the past yeah. couple of seasons. Yeah. Uh, in particular, yeah. I think uh, last season or the season before, he had like three incredibly epic goal line clearances for Bursa Spor. Um, he had shown just... PSV Eindhoven just this past summer, but that didn't work out for him because they, of course, also brought in uh, another very good left-back whose name eludes me at the moment, but uh, they brought him in from Nagberda, I believe, but uh, a Brazilian who was re- who's was who been really, really good. Um, but uh, his, his stint there didn't work out, but he's been brought in now by, by Shakshir. I believe they paid around €1 million Euros for him, which is really a good deal for a 28-year-old, I think, Besiktas, Fenerbahce could have done with this player. Um, so, good signing for them. And I, do, I think it does show that they still have an intention to not just sit by while they get plucked uh, plucked dry like a, like a chicken or whatever. Um, they'll, they'll still try and make a mount next season, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, of course, if Abdullah Avci leaves, if he takes his staff with him... The, there's that, that entire club's structure is going to kind of implode because Abdullah Avci isn't just their coach, he's also basically their director of football, their youth coordinator. He does almost everything there, or he has people in positions and, and, and basically he's at the helm of, of that system. So it's going to be very interesting, I think, for them. Uh, if you see, for example, Slavin Bilic was uh, in Istanbul this weekend. He was visiting the Besiktas game. Apparently he's in talks with Beshak here. I I would that would not be the best move I think if they I think if here bring in a foreign foreign coach, then I think we could be seeing what Burak is saying, uh, them fighting relegation simply because I don't think that a foreign coach will be able to take over the duties of of Abdullah Afgi and take over that role I think there's only one there's only a couple of people that could do that I think Okan Burak is the more natural successor. And uh, I think that's the the most smart the smartest move for them. But uh, maybe Okan doesn't want to commit his future to uh, a club like that. We'll have to wait and see. But let's move over to the next game. That's going to be Chaiku Rizespor against Trabzonspor. This is one of the few games uh, that still had a lot of meaning to it. In the sense that Trabzonspor was still playing for third place. Which would give them the right to go into the Europa League group stages without having to play qualifiers. So not an unimportant game. But... In order to do that, they had to win. They had to beat their local rivals. And Rizaspor, of course, will be keen on revenge. They will be keen on thwarting Trabzon Spore uh, for what happened two years ago on the final match day when Trabzon Spore seemingly laid down for Bursaspor, which meant that Rize would relegate. Um, and it started in favor of the host because Fernando Baldrin got the scoring start here in the 16th minute to put Sport ahead. But Rugo Rodallega equalized pretty quickly afterwards in the 28 minutes, and then Dario Melniak scored an unfortunate own goal in 24 minutes to make the turnaround complete, and in just four minutes um, it went from one nil to two, to one two, and then Abdulkadir Umur added insult to injury in the 40 in the the 43rd minute to make it one three for Trabzonspor, but Fedat Muric with his 17th goal of the season. Hold one back in the 65th minute, but it wasn't to be. Rizispor would not be able to beat or at least draw against their uh, neighbors from Trabzon. And uh, Trabzonspor get the win, do their job. Would it be enough to get that third place? That's the question, of course. So let's quickly move over to the Bishiktesh kasem Pasha game, because that was the other one that still mattered in that race. Besiktas here beats Kasim Pasha. So, nope, not good enough for Trabzonspor. But it was by the skin of their teeth. Guven Yalçin here getting another hat-trick for Besiktas. He scored in the 10th minute in the 44th minute to make it 2-1. After he had made it 1-0 in the 10th minute. And then just two minutes later in the first minute of first half stoppage time to make it 3-1. In the meantime, we had seen a goal, um, which I did not note down here. So the goal scorer's name eludes me, Um, but Bengali Koita eventually got the the, the second goal for Kasim Pasha in the 67th minute to make it uh, interesting in those final 25 or so minutes. Um, Jermaine Lenz would also see a second yellow card in the fourth minute of stoppage time, which was a little harsh, I think. But uh, all in all, Besiktas get the job done. Um, It was a very tight, exciting game. Um, Very competitive, I should say. So Besiktas definitely still had to work for it did not play with their best potential 11 probably Burakilmas didn't start Dror Khan didn't start but we did see Shinji Kagawa and Adam Ligt start again one- together so uh, guys anything to add about either of these matches Nah uh
2: just want to say it was a, a good use of VAR to allow the Abdul Kadir Amur goal which was initially flagged as offside but as we know, you need to let the position play out uh, before you go to VAR. If you think there's been a incorrect decision, in this case, uh, it was correct because Abdul uh, Kader Amr was clearly on side when he received the ball and ran through to score.
0: Yeah, and another thing to point out, perhaps the the, the second the second goal was another textbook example of that ridiculous rule change. Of the offside being lifted if a defender deliberately plays the ball, uh, it was a nice volley, but two meters offside or something. And the only reason it's allowed is because the defender heads it through, and the ball ends up perfectly in in, in position before the goalkeeper can get to it. But for me, that's just they need to change. They need to change that again. They need to fix that. That's just a, such a big boo boo they made. I think. Um. Too. That's basically a loophole, in my opinion, for offsides, which there shouldn't be. Well, you don't rate the rule, but I
3: think it's quite like uh, useful as well because uh, you can see the defender has an obvious move to uh, change the ball's direction. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I think uh, it also uh, breaks the offensive player's mind, like uh, about how to uh get onto the ball and move so i think it's quite on point the rule hmm.
0: i think it really depends on the situation um for example i'm going to go back to that uh, antalya Ducara. yeah, yeah Ducara. that yeah. there it was just so bad because the ball was going there anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> but know? adriano just played it
3: yeah
0: yeah but 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 the the pass was given and the player was already offside and the pass was going there so Adriano plays it to prevent it from getting to Dukara, but he shouldn't have because the guy is offside, you know? And here it's it's different because the guy has absolutely no clue that Guven is still there. He's just trying to head it out or something. I'm not I sure. I think Adri- but... uh, Adriano didn't have a clue as well. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It, I, I just think it's a very counterintuitive rule. Uh, and then one more thing. Right before that goal, there was like this... I don't know, one of the clearest penalties I've seen all season and and they did go to VAR like they the VAR was checking it and then it was like oh no just play on. And it was like Pfft. Did you guys see that one by any chance? It wasn't in the highlights, but uh, it was pretty pretty obvious. Faisal Sarre brought down uh Leitch in the box, um just lifted his leg and and clipped him. Uh yeah, it was pretty clear. Faisal
1: Soto, is he still playing football? Wow.
0: Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh another, another any anything else to add. Uh, maybe Adam Leitch gets two assists here so he pads his stats a little bit more. Um but well I mean important assists, I guess, uh, but not too much to add, I think. Let's move over to Sivaspor-Galtzeray. This one ended 4-3. Pretty crazy game, but should I say should I say Should I say Galtzeray-B? Because Galtzeray really fielded uh, a team of reserves here, um, despite that they did take the lead in the second minute through Martin Linas, and Mudat Chilik doubled that lead in the 35th minute before... Uh, Sergei Ribalka pulled one back in the 42nd minute, and then we had the equalizer in the second minute of first half stoppage time by Hakan Arslan. Then Sergei Ribalka would put the host ahead in the 76th minute, followed by an uh, Aruna Kone goal in the 79th minute to make it 4-2, and... Yeah, complete comeback, of course. And then Muna Celik managed to pull one back with his second, with his second of the night in the 81st minute. Um, but Galtsray, yeah, didn't yeah. really seem to care too much about this game. Win or lose for the tree, but it also really I
3: think it's quite the demonstration of the lack of quality Galtsray has on the bench, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, how, how sure. our yearly local players are performing, like how the quality range between them and the first team you can see that and all their uh, the public are just going saying the foreigner rule are is like uh, you know uh, like uh, abused by Galatasaray like playing 11 players all all of the weeks and you see how we managed to do some kind of thing like that in the uh, end and also, the management side, uh, we didn't see Fatih Terim uh, at the bench. Levan Shahin was there. I don't know if he uh, made the commands by himself or uh, Terim gave him the directions. But uh, we also have a uh, lack of quality there as well. Like Hasan Shahin, Umit and Levan Shahin are nowhere near uh, Fatih Terim's quality, uh, or can be the next uh, manager of Galatasaray.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that that that's a that's a point you already made a couple of times. I think in the past that the the assistant managers don't really look like they're um, ready to succeed him or anything like that. Yeah, um, because there's no real potential there. Maybe Umit, but yeah, no. Yeah, two yeah, guy, you no Okan. S- you
3: see you see you know Shenil Ganesh made Tamar tuna his assistant manager and he's now uh, just hold Gustape in the league.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: but. Uh, our assistant managers are nowhere near uh, as quality. Has
0: uh, has there been an assistant man- assistant to Fatih Terim in the past that has uh, gone on and had a big or decent coaching career?
3: No, you, I don't think so. You
1: could, I I, I agree. I, I agree with him. But you could argue that uh, Hamza Hamzola, who was his okay. assistant, yeah, in the yeah but team. that's
3: his national but that's team. Different.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he team.
3: already was it's a manager example. for a club.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just saying that's the only example you could. You could potentially pull at. but I think Terim, uh, as much as I adore and respect his achievements, he 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 does like to surround himself by how you say yes men
0: cronies cronies (laughs) yes men yeah yeah yeah. same
1: kind of thing like he doesn't want someone next to him who can learn from him and potentially challenge him. Um, So the likes of Hassan Shash and you know these guys these guys will never ever be quality enough to, to take over yeah,
3: when uh, he leaves like for the tactical aspects they're like empty <laughs> yeah
1: yeah
0: do you think he wants to keep Galtzrite dependent on him absolutely
3: yeah because also he already signed a five-year contract yeah,
0: I was gonna get to that exactly yeah. uh, he did sign a yeah. five-year contract extension so I expect next season will be his last uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, What else? oh I'm yeah sure, uh, and of course 69 points, that is the total now the champion has gained this season. Um, that is the lowest amount of points ever since the, the league has consisted out of 18 teams. Uh, in the 1992 season, there was a similar low point count, but that was in a 16-team uh, format, so that doesn't really count. So it's it's basically the lowest point count in, in modern wow. uh, history. That, that,
1: that's what I like to call efficiency.
0: Or like, like I said a couple of weeks ago, I think it was gonna be regardless of who wins, it is kind of gonna, it's kind of gonna be um, the 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 title for the king of the week or something, or the king of the yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, Uh, absolutely.
1: I mean, it. Let's face it, it was a very um, labored and kind of slow-paced league all season. Really, we only really picked up the pace in the last month. Or yeah, very, very exciting at times, but it was kind of. It was, because it was so neck-and-neck neck in the last couple of months, it meant that you, you, the, the winning club would always get um, yeah. probably end up with a record low number of points, which if doesn't it, necessarily suggest lack of quality or anything like that. If anything, shows uh, a, a, a positive for the competitors of yeah, the league.
0: That, that exactly. It could, in fact, mean that the league just has improved. Uh, I, I do believe... I did speak to uh, Niklas Degen from... Uh, he's a Danish uh, upcoming young journalist... Um, the other day and he was asking me the question is the turkish league getting more competitive or is it maybe the most competitive league in in, in the world or one of the most competitive leagues and i, d- I did tell him look i do believe that is at least partially true i think that the, the the big clubs in turkey have lost quality in the last couple of years due to financial fair play restrictions and stuff like that but at the same time i do think that the the other teams have actually improved. have have increased their quality, so the gap between the top and 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 bottom, so to speak, is, is a lot smaller. Um, so we, I, I've seen a lot of people c- cry in the sense of complain about the level of the league because their their own teams are so shit right now. Yeah, but I think what they fail to recognize is that those other teams have made strides and that they have moved forward and are bringing in better players and are tactically playing better football too. I think we're seeing um uh, the the overall level of the league increase while unfortunately for the for the time being at least the level of the top team seems to have gone down a little bit um, but that's also something that's kind of relative. you know, we had bistage that had some really good European campaigns lately and um it can it can turn around, I think, but it, it'll depend how the the country's economy evolves in the next couple of years and how the clubs can adjust to that because, I mean, look, if you have to charge 250 Lira for your shirts to get a measly 40 Euros um, for your, you know, your most covetous piece of merchandise, which European clubs are asking 100 Euros for at this point already and are getting, um, it's, it's difficult to compete with the European clubs like that when there's just such a big gap on that front. Uh, but I don't think there's much to add here unless uh, anyone, maybe maybe Bruck wants to have a say on his uh, little Fatih Terram rant
2: no, no, I just want to say that uh, we had a collector's item in a more Celik brace I uh, don't know how long it will be before he gets two goals again um, but that is one for for the archives um, I think I made my uh, feelings on Fatih Teuterman's assistance quite clear <laughs> last week so I don't think there's a need to to, to revisit that um i just always like uh teams to be uh competitive so i don't know i was kind of disappointed that Garth fielded um almost you know a uh, b team as such you know a lot of reserves came in but also it's important to give these guys a run out in a game you know you've you've won the league so it's probably only fair that they got a chance to play a full 90 or close to a full 90 but i just um um, would have liked my my team to to finish on a on, on a winning end, but you know, leagues in the bag. Uh, well, you so. know,
1: when when uh, exactly when the leagues in the bag, when you're sitting pretty as champions, you don't really mind if you win or lose the game. So it get good to give the uh, the unused bench players a chance. I I, I I would have liked to have seen more of an impact from there on a serious note because he made some great uh, performances in the Turkish Cup didn't get too much of a chance in the league and he did get the opportunity to start this game. And I just wanted to see a little bit more aggressiveness from him. From him. I wanted him to get on the score sheet or something at least in in, in, a, in a game like that so that he can set his stall out for next season. I don't want him to get lost under the current of new transfers and things that are going to come coming under the summer because I think he's a very talented player and he just needs to be given the encouragement to to to, 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 to ensure that his future is going to be at that
0: club it's uh interesting uh Bruno actually mentioned him earlier when we when we were talking for the for recording for the black Eagles podcast and uh, uh, he did say well maybe that's uh, the type of player that after would like to bring to Bishopshi <laughs> oh well well interesting <laughs> he needs uh, to
1: go, I mean I wouldn't be against him going on loan somewhere somewhere good you know somewhere like yeah we're not gonna I mean, develop he... him for yeah. you. you know? <laughs> we're not gonna well yeah, exactly. I don't think Basic dash would be the kind of place for, for the development stage. But maybe if you went to Gustafa, you know, Gustafer yeah. some a team that who tries to be competitive, who tries to um, who who works who plays kind of uh, a facility fan base and everything. I think that would be a good destination. It's interesting to to
0: see what they're going to do now with with them abolishing the under-21 league, what their plan is. I mean, do they have a contingency plan? Are they planning on letting the big clubs have a a B team in the second division or something? I would love to see something like that, but... Yeah, I don't think anyone has a plan of anything Uh, in
1: Turkey,
3: so... Also, a a feeder club, like a uh,
0: contract with a lower
3: side club take over. Also... Uh, Khan, as you mentioned before, talking about improving competition and you like, can say that it can, it's actually related with the disappearance of the scavenger kind of managers in the league. You know, like Mesut Bakal, Ziadouan, Tolnai Kafkas.
0: Isn't Mesut Beck though? Mesut
3: I don't know. Uh, but like uh, low quality managers, like uh, uh, playing defensive
0: kind, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, not, the we do see a little bit more uh quality perhaps in the in the coaching or a different football i mean if you look at at Okan the football he plays with his teams if you look at Sergen the football he teams with his teams they, these, these aren't teams that park the bus and 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 yeah. hope for a point and they're actually playing some gutsy football even uh even Bülent the, when the diaspor is playing a little bit Yeah, more also Camerunna. We can mention him. Yeah, for it? sure. But but he's been in a. He's only just came back to to Gustepe, and he had to get them out of relegation zone. But during his first stint at Gustepe, he was also playing attractive <laughs> football. So it's definitely true. So um, that's something that Bruno and I spoke about too. And I think the, the the coaching paradigm shift is also very important for the development of the league for to improve. And we need to move yeah. away from those types of coaches with the with the old mindset. Uh, mm. and, and even that that. That does count for guys like Channel too, and 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 Fatih, oh, Obviously, Fatih is immensely successful, so he can still <laughs> he can still stay. But there's other, you know, like Samet Ayibaba. I think you know he doesn't necessarily play defensive football, but I don't know. Um Maybe younger managers need to get the chance, and and let's see what they can bring to the table. Like Erol did uh, at Malatia, yeah, playing some great yeah. football there too. So um, new generations like promising. Yeah, they're not just playing that typical Turkish football, mid-table team football, which is which is fun to see. Uh, but let's move over to... Uh, I'm just going to quickly, briefly mention this. Saturday, Konya Sport drew against Akisar 0-0. Unless any of you have anything to add, I just want to move over that and uh, go to Sunday for where the real, uh, the real games, the most important stuff is... Nothing? Nope. Okay, let's uh, start off with uh, this one. Um, Kaiseri Spore, Erzurum Spore. So Erzurum Spore were the third horse in the race, so to speak. They really didn't need the other two to both stumble in order to save their own hides. Um, Kaiseri Spore was, of course, not an easy opponent, especially in an away game. But Erzurum Spore did get the job done, did their part... ...of the deal and 1-2 to 0, Thailand Antalya with a, uh, with an amazing individual dribbling effort goal in the 12th minute... Uh, ...put them ahead and then also provided the assist to Gilles Sunu in the 43rd minute to make it to 0 um, And that result would mean that both Bursa Spor and Gustepe would have to drop points... Um, let's move over to Bursaspor because they got another victory on the road. So suddenly they can win on the road after beating Antalyaspor. They now also beat Malatya Spor. Fifth place Malatya Spor. 1-2. This one got the scoring here. Got started in the fifth minute through Yusuf Erdogan. And then Umut Nair had doubled the scoring in the 20th minute and Abubakar Kamara pulled one back in the 61st minute. We also saw three red cards in this game, two for Malatya Spore, one for Bursaspor. So Bursa get their win, very important of course. So all came down to Gustepe, unfortunately for Erzurum. That meant their win would not suffice, so they are relegated as well. So then it all came down to Gustepe. The match was, of course, played simultaneously. They took on Ankara the big friends of Bursa Sports. So you can definitely bet that they gave it their all. Gustepe had to win because, of course, Bursa won. And Alpal San Usturk got the scoring started here to put the hosts ahead in the 14th minute. But when Mikhail Pazdan scored in the 74th minute, I really thought it was going to be... That, that it was gonna be Bursaspor getting away with it again. But mm. it wasn't to be because Denis Kada scored in the 84th minute from the penalty spot following a free kick that he won himself, was handled in the box, went to Var. Junai Chaker awarded the penalty, and Denis Kada did not miss this time. Last week, of course, he did miss a penalty against Bursaspor. He could have uh, made it a lot less exciting this weekend. But um, he did score this time, and that gave Gustapé the win, which means Gustapé stay in the Super League, and Bursaspor are the first ever Turkish Super League champions to get relegated from the Turkish top flight, because after winning the, in 2010, they were not relegated from the Super League anymore. They of course had previously been relegated already, but they weren't the champion at that point, so they are the first ever. Super League champion to get relegated. Guys, You're taught. I'm going to start with you, Azair.
1: Well, first of all, listeners, I can't see Khan's face right now, but I can say with great certainty that he's got a very wide smile on his face as he announces Borussia fors uh, relegation from the Super League. I, uh, I, I've i been saying uh, for the last few months how much I want to go to to stay up. I'm really happy that they stayed up. Uh, they've got all the fundamentals to, to go on and become very competitive uh, team in the league. Uh, The celebrations after the game across Izmir, I saw loads of videos posting around Twitter. It was a real party atmosphere in in Izmir uh, that night. But the total opposite, it was like a graveyard in Bursa. A lot of fans crying, um, just cannot believe what's happened to their club in the last nine, ten years. True roller coaster story, really, for Bursa Sport. I mean, I feel sorry for them. I really do because I w- there are so many teams in this league which I would like to see go down. Teams who add nothing, teams who have no fans, teams who have no history. <coughs> Basakshian, <coughs> Kasun Pasha, to name a couple. Um, well, and I, I suppose,
0: do have a history.
1: I yeah, guess. I suppose. They're established in 1925. I think they're a local neighbourhood club, but really, they don't have enough fans. They don't have enough, you know, a- anything. They don't contribute enough to the league, in mm-hmm. my view. A- a- anyway, I-, I do think, on a brighter note, that Borsa... Have uh, what it takes to to come up quite quickly. I expect them to come up again next year with their fan base and their stadium. They have a loyal loyal fan base. I think they'll fill the stadium again. Um, But but Bursa, for Bursa, okay, like you said, they won an away game, a couple of away games back to back. But finally, you know, it took them so long. It's too little. They had too many draws in the last uh, four or five weeks, too many draws, too many lackluster performances. And just a month ago, we were saying would were, were doomed, given Borussia's upward-looking trajectory. But then, just like but ba- here did at the top, Borussia ball bottled it at the bottom, and they're paying the price for it now.
0: Do you think that uh, going down for them will be uh, a much-needed wake-up call for that club, and that uh, would ultimately yeah. end up doing them some good?
1: Yeah, potentially. Potentially, they've made a lot of rash, mismatched decisions, uh, managerial decisions, and kind of Yona Tim has been. Ch- changing a lot in the last few years so they need some stability they need to figure out for themselves what they want to do where they're going um it's the untimely death of the uh uh, of the of the Bursa sport chairman who who was instrumental in them winning the league who kind of maybe you could argue is the of Bursa's decline uh because there's been a lot of change at the top changing coaches changing squads they just haven't really had that that focus that direction now they're in the position where they're absolutely forced to find that direction. So hopefully they do that sooner rather than later.
0: Borak, do you think, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on this final conclusion from the relegation dogfight? And do you think that Bursaspor will ultimately reap the rewards from this uh, relegation?
2: Well, I think, you know, the, the club's been run quite badly. Um, like, as I alluded to, um, a change of managers, internal issues with players, Katr uh, Dusha players. So out of the, the two teams that are fighting between Gostepe and Bursa, um, I'm happy that Gostepe stayed up. Um, they're from the beautiful city of Izmir as well. Um, I know Bursa is changing tremendously as a city right now as well, which is obviously going to be quite hard um, on just the internal feeling in and the mood within Bursa. Um, I think they really need to do a job in the summer with getting some, some good management in place, really sorting out their internal issues with the board and, and the directors to all get on the same page. And they have to win the uh, trust uh, and um, respect of the fans back as well. There are lots of protests at the end of the game as well with um, calling the unit team to resign. Um, and, you know, you've only just got, a, you know, a new unit team as well. Um, I think the like uh, as i said as well their lackluster performances almost as if the players didn't didn't want to play in some of those games where they they probably should have won and ended up drawing and but but like you have also got a bit of a smile on my face that they've gone down um, just cuz it's it's nice after here hearing the the borsa fans um, chanting Fener cumea um the worm has turned and it's themselves who have fallen to the Kume. so <laughs> all, I, all I can say is I'm just extending my arm,
3: turning my hand turned. around,
2: extending my middle finger and saying, where are you now? You've been relegated. So <laughs> I- enjoy the lower um, division and next year and get your shit together.
0: Umut, has the worm turned? Yeah, I'm really
3: excited to see Gustav Pesti in the league as an Izmir Lee, you know. Uh, so, I lived my uh, earlier life there, so I can say there's a bond between me and Gustape, and I'm really happy to see them surviving in the league. And actually it was a gift from Ankara Guja player, Jibril, with a handball inside the box. I don't know if that was intentional, but thank you, Jibril. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dennis Kadak took the ball for the penalty, which was a courageous, uh, brave move from him because he missed the penalty last week. And... It was quite intense move for him and he scored this time. And it's quite ironic that the Brotherhood club, Ankara Gice, let Bursa Sport down and relegate them as well. And also, yeah. uh, I said in the previous episode, Bursa Sport's downfall and economic crisis therein uh, could be seen as a few years back. You know, They were roaming around the relegation zone for a few seasons and starting from the 2016 season uh, they finished the league as 11th, 14th, 13th and their relegates being 16th this season. Uh, at the time they should be alert about getting relegated but they've been badly managed and they threw a lot of money to average kind of players throughout the years. Mm-hmm. And they had to be relegated in order to rise again because they have to make up their minds, the players the management side and the fans as well, because they uh, behaved the players really badly. As they like a few seasons back, they uh, Attack the, the yeah attacked the side. yeah inside the bus, like mm-hmm. they uh, attacked their own players, and that kind of atmosphere you cannot really manage to succeed. And as well, uh, when Hamza Hamzolu came and tried to bring his own players who the players he knew very well from Akisar mm-hmm. and tried to play them, uh, oh, yeah. Tr- yeah, yeah, Bilal Kisa, uh, Mertar, Yüce mm-hmm. kind of players. Uh, the fans uh, protested him by saying like, this isn't Akisar, this is champion versus Sport. You have mm-hmm. to play like a big club, but uh, in the end, uh, they just threw the money around uh, to like... Uh, Players who didn't deserve to be in the team and at the end of the day, they relegated.
0: Do, do you guys think that the title in 2010 went to their fans' heads?
1: Yeah, yes. a little bit. Definitely. I do agree
2: with that, yeah. like. Right. like uh, I, um, I just want to say thank you to uh, Angel Jebreil. Thank you yes. very much.
0: <laughs> Yeah. So I wonder if that will yeah. have spoiled the bromance. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Is is it Guju's fault now that they relegated? Are they going to start uh, riots in uh, Ankara next uh, <laughs> in the next couple of seasons? Uh, is became, is Ankara the big rival now? We can we can see chaos <laughs> because for those of you, I mean, who don't know, like Bursaspor have this irrational hatred for Besiktas because they blame Besiktas. For their relegation in 2004, because I think Bishitash lost or something to Akshabat Sebatspor or some, some measly club that ended up staying in the league. Uh, and so that was Bishitash's fault because Bishitash should have beaten them. Blah, 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 blah. Cry, cry. Fuck off, you bunch of fucking sissy pants. <laughs> oh, dear God. The most ridiculous. Like, I swear like. Beshtech got 43 points in the first half of the season that season. In the second half of the season, they got like 24 points. So, I don't know. Maybe there was more going on than that Akshabat-Sebat game, Bursa. <sighs> but actually, that's not the reason why I dislike Bursa Spore. Believe it or not. I have had sympathy for Bursa Spor uh... for many, many years. Following that, their rational hatred for Beshtech. Because I, I, I like clubs who have fans. I like clubs with tra- tradition. Is the, it, is it me, quite ironic
3: that uh, they relegated after Haji came in uh, for the first time, you know? Haji relegated them in 2004, I think.
0: Was it? Yeah. yeah uh, you might be right, yeah. But uh, the reason I don't... I have lost respect for Bursaspor, is because of, well, obviously also the always throwing crap at our players during every corner, but more than that... The attacking of their own players on their bus. That for me was the breaking point. That for me was like, uh, you know what? These fans do not deserve to be in the Super League anymore. They need yeah. to they deserve a good relegation. They need this, I think. For mm-hmm. their own fan base to maybe wake up and smell the coffee and and maybe decides that... Because that was also when they were fighting relegation. You need to support your team. Look what they did again this season. They deserve to go down. How they booed Yusuf Erdogan off the pitch. Sorry, but you're not supporting your own team and you need to do that when you're in this kind of a position. They they seem to think they are right? and they when a player is not good enough in their eyes, they can just... You know, boo boo him away and then and, and the board will bring in another expensive replacement. But that's not how it works, Bursa. Wake up. You got a season in the second division now. Hopefully the club can rehabilitate itself, but more importantly, hopefully the fan base can rehabilitate themselves because they need it more than anything else. That's all I'm gonna say about this. Uh very happy to say Gustepe, stay in the league. They are a positive club. Hopefully they'll stick with Tamar this time, because the first time around he had the right idea, they had a good season, they were on their way to becoming a mid-table uh, team, uh, top 5 perhaps, um, with Tamar Tuna, then they sacked him for some reason, I don't know why, at the, before the, the second season, their second season back in the Super League. I think they should just uh, give him the full season next season, see how it goes, if he does well again, then... Give the man a five-year contract and start building something. Because Izmir needs a champion. And uh, if one team is going to do it right now, it's not going to be Keshaket. It's going to be Altai. It's going to be Gustepa. So let's invest in that. Let's give Izmir a team they can support. And hopefully it can be Gustepe in a positive way with good fans that don't feel the need to... uh, create a, a hatred-filled rivalry with a bigger club to make themselves relevant. That's not necessary. Okay, guys, anything to add? Uh,
1: can we quickly talk about Malatya? Because um, yes, they sacked Mr. Errol Bullet after losing uh, in the semi-final against Galatasaray in the Turkish Cup which mm-hmm. I thought was very bizarre given the yes. extraordinary performance in the league and the fact that they'd actually only gone out in the semi-final. And up yep. until then, everything was sort of hunky-dory, playing fancy football, filling up the stadium. They signed in Kamara from Fulham, etc., etc. Yep. Now, they've got the fifth spot. They're going to Europe. But what's going to happen? I mean,
0: going to do relegate. we
1: trust Malatia? Yeah, 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 I mean, exactly. Are they gonna, They're they going to definitely flop in Europe. They're,
0: they're going to gonna be relegation
1: cancer. I mean, why do these clubs do this to themselves? Why, why, why? I, Come on, yeah, you got European I football.
0: Yeah. I just also, I'm so
1: distraught by by this this short sightedness, this stupidity.
0: I hope they prove me wrong, but I think that next season they're they relegation follower. Mm. They also sent Adem Butte, their captain. Mm-hmm. Did they did they let him go? Yeah. Oh really? <sighs> okay. Oh man, I didn't know sure that. Is. Wow. Guess. Even worse. <laughs> yeah, very, very curious. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the same. Like I didn't really understand the the, the whole Gustepe letting go of Tamer Ting the first. You know, after a very successful first season back into the Super True. League, but but this er- letting Errol go like that is, is weird too. Unless of course Errol has like a I don't know, maybe he, he he wants to start at Fenerbahce, for example, become part of Ersun or I don't know, but them yeah, I should have finished out the season they were having a good season okay the second half of the season wasn't as good as the first half but still um they don't have a very big squad or anything like that but they had some very interesting players Daniel Alexic is one of my favorite players in the league mm. um yeah I, I don't know I don't think Malatya sport will do too well next season I hope this give me a positive surprise but it's not like they have the the, the squad that Osmanlispor had for example when they mm. went on their European adventure and did really well but they had a good team. I don't see that Malatya sport team as quite as, as as well rounded out because that Osmanlispor had a very interesting team and they had good players in every single line. Um, and, and Malatia have a couple of good players but they for the rest they're just an the average team I would say whereas I think Osmanla were a clear mm. top 5 team at that point uh, I don't see it ending too well for them if history has shown us anything um, Konya Sport their first season in Europe they fought relegation barely staved it off um, Karabuk Spore when they were in Europe they relegated uh, Akisar now in Europe and relegated. And Osmanle were. Were they relegated when they had that great European run? Or were they at least. No, I think it was no. the season after. Yeah, but their their yeah. their their form significantly suffered in the league, and they ended out of the top ten, I think. Which they they always should have gotten top five again, I think, or at least top six. So they didn't actually manage to qualify again for Europe. But anyway, it's going to have an impact on them. They don't have a they don't have like a, a huge amount of squad depth, so I think it's going to be tough for them next season. And um, but then again, I mean, the same thing would have been true for Antalya Spor or anyone like that. Uh, ironically if Trabzonspor would have gotten a european ban which they probably should have because they failed financial fair play look who ends in sixth Burak uh-huh. <laughs> so let's let's take a quick look at that game because Fenerbahce get another win under their belt towards the end of the season uh their their motor got running finally they win 3-1 where did i write down the match specifics here um did I not write that down? Oh, no, here it is. 3-1 against Antalya Spor. Mihaj Zajic getting the scoring start here in the 13th minute. Mevut Erdins equalizing in the 30- 33rd minute for his 12th of the season. Elif Elmas gets on the score sheet once again in- to make it 2-1 in the 69th. And then Victor Moses makes it 3-1 in the first minute of stoppage time to gift Fenerbahce another 3 points. And that lets them finish in 6th place. So, Burak, you guys got really close. To that European ticket in the end, not sure if you uh, would have been allowed to go to Europe from 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 UEFA. Do you have any info? Um, uh,
2: not yet. No. Um, I, I think the decision is going to be made at some point in the next couple of weeks. I don't have a, a definite definitive date. Um, I've not looked into it too much. Um, uh, to be honest, but um, they. UEFA has said that we've not reached the terms for this particular season. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's very tough. I think you guys are at the full break-even stage, which is, phew, that's like, that's so difficult.
2: It is indeed. So we'll wait to see what they what they say to us for there. Um, regarding the game, um, great goal by Edeferl last again. Um, I hope we can keep... Uh, Hold of him for for next season um, Maybe get him to sign a contract extension. I think his buyout clause is around about 23 million euros right now and if he does stay on for another season, I think his um, Agent is his dad as well. So you don't have any um, Vultures um circling around him. I think he has a good relationship with the board. So they might say You're going to go to Europe eventually, Sunshine. Um, Let's get uh, one or two more seasons out of you at Ferrar And if he does sign an extension, maybe increases buyout clause. Um, But without the European platform, um, it's going to be very hard for teams to to watch him play against, Mm -hmm. you know, in Europe. Um, And I don't know how much emphasis is going to be placed on the, the Macedonian national team. Um, I know obviously he is um good friends with Gorat pandev um who was's uh, 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 got a good relationship with the interboard
0: inter lazio
2: in, in yep so I think they with there's only serious interest from Italian teams at the moment um you always hear rumors of yeah and they um, don't pay they from, don't
0: pay too much though.
2: they don't they don't at all um if you look at the performance, I think three one flattered us um um the goal scored by Mirta Tarjant um Sadik really should be getting a foot on that and he has flattered to deceive since he joined uh, to join us um I mean i like him as a player but he's just very um error prone um so i don't know what's going to happen to him in the preseason maybe he needs some good defensive coaching um on that behalf uh, good to see Mihaj Zeitz get on the score sheet. Um, a nice move, nice little cutback from Maurizio Isla. Uh, that's a classic FIFA cutback goal. Um, I do like do like Zaitz. Um, I think he just needs to get in the gym over over the summer, pa- uh, pack on some muscle. Um, maybe train with Victor Moses. Um, actually, who it's nice to see him get on the score sheet at the end. Um. There was a great interview with him on Territuel by Samantha Johnson, yeah. actually, which I would um, advise everyone to go and watch. We'll um, give that a retweet on the Footy Alatorka account, um, just talking about how he is enjoying his life in Istanbul, enjoying the football. But towards the end, when she was asking him about managers and like and Conte, you could see him fidgeting a little bit in his body language, so I'm not sure if there are any body language experts that want to uh, weigh, weigh in on that. But the man loves kebabs. So, if he's <laughs> if he's willing to swap that for for pasta and pizza and carbs, then because um, Chelsea do have a a recall clause, Does um, it? At, oh, yeah, yep they can, but they they can't play him. I believe they have to to sell him. So if Chelsea yeah, do recall him.
0: The- the changes they made uh, to uh, the, the squad size uh, yeah, indeed. and the amount of players they can loan out and stuff like that, I think.
2: Yeah, because Chelsea were notorious for buying and selling and loaning, just like, mm-hmm. just like they did with um, uh, um, Yep, yeah, uh, the, the well-traveled um, uh, player. Um, and, with, and with um, with Sari now going back to, to Italy, he'd be interested to see who comes into Chelsea. Um, but, you know, Chelsea won't be able to play him. Um yeah. Uh, just wanna you know, a side note to the to the fans that were booing Mehmet Topol, Topol um just fuck off. Um <laughs> just you know just just you know, he we, we know he's not the player he used to be. We we know that, and it's not his decision to be played in the first eleven every single week ahead of youngsters. Parental
0: discretion is advised before you listen to this podcast. I'm going it, to have to add that before every episode. <laughs>
2: indeed of course and it should be I don't agree with you know singling out a player and, and booing them when they get the ball yeah. if you're unhappy with a team's performance at half time if it's
0: in Egypt, then you can do it
2: well it's... you know that's your prerogative yeah. there my friend <laughs> um, but if you're unhappy with a team you can boo the whole team at the end of the first half at the end of the, the game but to single out an individual player for booing is just just bad
0: yeah a player that's meant quite a bit for the club and has quite a has been one of your best players for a long time, not so much the last year or two maybe. He's been all long- he's declining, you can see it. He's physically declined. He's not the same player anymore. He hasn't aged as well. But, you know what? I mean, some players don't that's not every player is great until he's 36. You know, some players are shit when they're 29. That's just the way the human body works everyone has a different body everyone declines at a different place you know i'm, I'm 30 years old and i feel 80
2: well i i feel i still feel 16 <laughs> myself at yeah, 30 see, yeah, at, like at 38 that. um but if you know i just want to say my love to Mehmet at um and to the fans that booed him fuck off <laughs> basically <laughs> yeah. Sup- support the team you know we supported the team throughout this season the stadium was nearly a capacity every home game yeah even when we were playing horrendously, to so to single out one player at the end of the game was just really bad form by a section of our fan base, and I, I don't agree with it. But we we go into the summer holidays. Um, hopefully, you know we make some decent signings and we get a good pre-season under our belts, and we can be more competitive next season.
0: Yeah, and I do uh, want to tr-
1: take, take. I was just going to say I do want to take my hat off to fan fans for still filling up the stadium despite the nightmare season that you guys have had I think part of that is is due to the Ali Koch effect insofar as For the sure. fans don't want to give up on this, this potential new dawn so they're, they're still showing up and saying look we've had a shit season but we're still going to be here you know relax you are still got, you still got full, a, a lot of credit with us whereas if it was Aziz Yildirim and we had the same season I don't think you'd even get one quarter of the uh, attendance that you guys have had this season yeah
0: I think so
2: it's been a good rejuvenation for for the team and there's a there's a long road ahead but gunesh dorjak so we wait
0: Fenerbach have gone down a different path and they've chosen a, a, a board a president that is i think similar in style to to fikret orman uh, maybe less pompous but um in the same way that these are people that are not going to try to constantly pressure the Federation and the referees and everything like that but that does not always work I mean'm not saying they're never gonna do that but let's be honest with Aziz he was constantly doing that and I think Fenerbahce got extra points along the way because of that that's not something that this board are doing um, and I think that may have cost you this season however I think in the long run it's gonna make you stronger because you're going to be concentrating more on the Developing a team that can win on their own merits. Um, and that might take a little while, and it might, because you're also in such a big, you know, ditch of, of, of debt and all that stuff. But I think ultimately it's going to prove to be the right path. And I hope that that's ultimately going to be the path that all the Turkish clubs are going to follow, that we move away a little bit from this controversy, this constant controversy, and this constant bickering in the media. And, you know, I've said it before, um, our fans, for example, one of the biggest reasons that they criticize Orman is because he doesn't uh, talk enough smack to their liking. Because Turkish fans love it for some reason, and and you know what? At the end of the day, it's only damaging your own club. I think. Um, maybe short term it gets you some stuff, but I don't think it's, it it helps ultimately. It, it's it's makes Turkish you a lot less likable too.
2: The Turks in general they love that kind of controversy like the the mm-hmm. the shows like uh Bebege Bibibizigazetle on all, on all the programs about you know kind of this and make me married this you know they make the you know the the news like what happened in like the house between like Fatih and bloody Yonja about an argument about a bracelet is like top news ahead of like you know important matters so that's yeah. you know yeah. Turks, Turks love, love the-, the drama Nothing. It. It's almost as if it's being booked by like Eric Bischoff and Vince Russo Khan. Um.
0: <laughs> no thanks. Uh, I'll, uh, exactly. Cody can book it for me and then I'll watch it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, let's move over to the league <laughs> table, man. The final league table before we start talking about some extra stuff. And I know Uzer has to go soonish. So let's uh, quickly take a look at the league table. So Galatasaray finished top with 69 points and are the 22nd time Turkish Super League champions. In second place ends Başakşehir with 66 points. Then we. uh, No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> What? Is this correct? No, this did not update. Why the fuck did this not update? So 69 points for Galt's Rai, uh 67 points for Bashakshi here. Uh, and then we have Besiktas at 65, Trabzonspor at 63, uh, Spore remain at 47. Uh, this is going to be tricky now. Antalya Spor remain at... Uh, yeah. Did I click something wrong here? I think I did. There we go. Sorry for that. Uh, so 69 points for Galatasaray. <laughs> 67 for Fenerbahce. Uh, f- for here, 65 for Bishita. 63 for Trabzonspor. 47 for Malatia Spore, 46 for Fenerbahce. 45 for Antalya Spore. Then we have two teams on 44 with Sport, And I team is Alanya Spore. So kudos to Sport, I think, there. Then we have three teams on 41 points with... Kayseri Spor, Rizis Spore, and Sivas Spor. Then we have one team on 40 points. Being Ankara gaju one on 39. Being Kasim Pasha. Then Gustepe, narrowly avoid relegation with 38 points. And then we have Bursa Spor, the first to be relegated, 37 points. Erzurum Spor with 35 points. And Akisar with 27 points. So, Bursa spore Akisar and Erzurumspor are the teams that go down to the second division in Turkey. Galatasaray will play Champions League group stage football next season. Medipol Başakşehir will play your Euro- uh, Champions League qualifiers. Beşiktaş will play Europa League group stage football next season. And both Trabzonspor and FK Yeni Malatyaspor will play Europa League qualifiers. Let's move over to the standings in the top scoring and top assist standings. So first, the goal king standing, so to speak. And by obviously, 30 goals. He is the goal king. Then he is followed by Virat Muric, who has 17 goals. And big hats off to him, because he didn't just have 17 goals. Uh, he also had 8 assists so he was involved in uh, 26 goals this uh, no 25 goals this season so kudos to Vedat Muriç for having a great season Burak Yilmaz comes in third with 16 goals Papi Sisek comes in on the on third as well with 16 goals then we have Hugoradegia on 15 Henry, Henry Onyekuru on 14 uh, the, the first real full-fledged Galtrai player there, because obviously Mbaye Diagne scored the majority of his goals at Kasim Pasha. So this is uh, Galtrai's top score, on And then we have Edin Vistia on 13 goals, and obviously we already pointed out he also had 14 assists. Mevut Erdinc on 12, and Robinho on 12. And then closing out the top 10, Antonin Wakame with 10 goals for Trabzonspor. Then we have the assists, that's Idin Vistia, as I already said, 14 assists, he's the assist king this season. Followed by Besiktas' Adam Lelajic with 12 and Besiktas' Ricardo Quaresma with 11. Then we have Erzurum Spor's Emre Bashan on 10 and Antonin Wakayeme once again. He has double digits in both goals and assists as he gets 10 assists for Trabzonspor. Andre Kastor gets 9 for Gustepe, Mamut Trezeguet gets 9 for Kasim Pasha. Vedat Muric gets 8 for Tchaikovic Sport, Adil Kadir Omur gets 8 for Trabzonspor. And Rick Baldron gets 7 for Tchaikovic Sport. Those are the top assisters in the league. So, let's quickly uh, he- run down uh, our-, our panel here. Bruck, man of the season, player of the season for you. Uh,
2: for me, I'm going to give it to Tim, to Edin Visca. Um, just purely because of his, his, his goals and assists and he, he's been enjoyed to watch. He's been, I think almost like a constant performer in the, uh, Basak-Sihir team. Um, it's a shame that he has to play in front of little to no fans every home game. Um, like we've said many times, this guy deserves better and I hope he goes on to, to get that next season. Um, I um, also want to give a shout-out to Mr. Anthony uh, Um I butchered the name there, so apologies, Anthony. Um, he's, like you said, double digits, just like a basketball, you know, um, uh, assists um, and, and points there. Um, he's been played in, in a very good Trabzon um, team, you know, that, played, that have played lovely attacking football, and he's reaped the rewards. So those two are standouts for me um, this season.
0: And uh, Fenerbahce Player of the Year.
2: Do I have to pick one? <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> uh, Hassan Ali Kaldurum.
0: Okay, thank you. Uh, sir, Player of the Season overall? Oof,
1: well, um, but I kind of stole my my answer there by going for Eddie Viscus. so I'm going to mix fine, it fine. up. Well, no, it's well, fine, it's
0: fine. I, fine. Go, go, with, I, go with who your first choice is. I want to he, hear...
1: He is, my, he is my first choice, but I want to throw... Okay. Uh, a, honorable I mean, mention. Like, I I want to throw an environmental
0: to Vedat Munich as well
1: because his performances 17 goals and 8 assists Mm -hmm. uh, basically single-handedly you could argue helped restore Rizaspor and keep them in the league if we recall the position at Christmas time Mm -hmm. um, they were down in dumps and his resurgence his kind of extraordinary explosive performance of the last five months has kept them up he's also one to watch for the league he's only 25 still He's he's 194 centimeters tall. He's a giant. He doesn't really don't, a lot of people don't really notice his size on the pitch, but he has all the kind of fundamental physical qualities to uh, to to go on and do good things. And we he's been a favorite of this podcast uh, since we launched as well. So yep. he is going to be my honorable mention for player of the season in in the shadow of Edin Visca. And I imagine you're going to ask me for my Galatasaray yes. player of the year. Of course. Um, I'm surprising myself by answering this, because if you'd asked me at Christmas time or at the start of the season, I would have said this guy would be bottom of the list. But it's going to be Sofiane Foguli for me. He's yep.
0: deserved, since, I think.
1: Yeah, deserved. I mean, he's, he's, his stock has been rising since the Porto game in December, and he has really taken the team by the scruff of its neck. He's shown ambition, he's shown drive, he's taken a lot of risks, he's scored some beautiful goals. Um, and I think the team now really looks to him for inspiration. Uh, on, on the field so he's going to yep. be my player of the season and I really hope that we hold on to him all selling for a lot of money because he's now very much part of the red and yellow fabric
0: for sure uh, Umut same question for you overall man of the season and Galt's Ray man of the season
3: well uh, in the earlier uh, phases of the season I would say Vistia but uh, who decided the championship and the title was Sofian Feguli for me as well how Azar said it Uh, before. Uh, I think he single-handedly dominated and uh, performed really well since I've seen from Cassie Lincoln like uh, 10 years before uh, in the second half of a season obviously because uh, in the first half he didn't uh, had many chances also played uh, rarely uh, as I would say because uh, at the first uh, a few games, he didn't even was in the squad. Uh, also, uh, he made quite a few uh, score sheets in the second half of the season, and single-handedly took Galatasaray uh, to the title uh, with his crucial goals. Uh, the one uh, against Bursaspor was really crucial, in my opinion, and as well uh, against Rize. Uh, to and
0: against
3: I- by Shakhtar. yeah, yeah, by Shakir as well. So uh, with uh, Balhanda and with the team, obviously, but he himself made uh, a great performance and lead Galatasaray to the mm-hmm. victory. So I, I would say Fegui.
0: Okay, that's a fair answer. I, uh, yeah. Okay, then uh, I guess uh, you only have one. So. <laughs> for me, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm also gonna say uh, Edin Vicia just because he has been the the one true constant for Shir this season. I think he's been overall the the best player in the league in the first and in the second half of the season. Um, unfortunately for him, his team dropped the ball in in the final amounts of games, and and he maybe as well uh, had some opportunities where he could have gotten them. Three points instead of one point in certain games with, with chances in the end. But overall, I still think he deserves it uh, because he just had a phenomenal season again. And he's been one of the constant most constant performance in the league for the last three years or four years even. Uh, as for Bixiktaj, Adam Leic is for me the man of the season for Bishik-Dash. Um He's been uh, one of the, the, the few sparkles of, of hope and, and, you know, he's had an impressive season. 32 overall appearances and he has scored 9 goals and given 14 assists in all competitions. Um, so, involved in 23 goals in 32 games. That's not too bad, I would say, for a first season for a 27-year-old Um Still got some mileage left in him and it looks like Besiktas have his uh, buyout clause triggered so hopefully we'll be able to enjoy him next season too. So guys, I really want to thank you for this uh, quarter of a season or so that we were sitting here since we started the podcast and started talking about Turkish football and the the Turkish Super League. Um, Obviously there's still lots left to talk about in the coming months with lots of interesting transfer developments Um, the Turkish national team games are coming up soon we'll be talking about those for sure and maybe we'll have a look at Turks active in Europe how their seasons went by stuff like that I don't know if any of you have any great ideas for the next two or so months while we bridge the gap that our listeners may be feeling uh, with the missing of the, the Turkish Super League
1: Maybe we can talk
3: about oh. the
0: transfer season as well. For sure, for sure. Yeah, that we can definitely. have
1: our own. Um, we can have our own kind of newspaper gossip roundup, perhaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like fun. Uh, we could uh, have uh, segments uh, focusing on Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, uh, Besiktas, Trabzonspor. Obviously, those are the teams that are going to attract most interest. We can have uh, segments uh, talking about the, the the transfer rumors, stuff like that. Um, uh, you the listeners let us know as well what would you like to hear from us this coming these coming two months or so. Um, we will also be what something I want to do is preview the European opponents of our teams in Europe, so Trops and Sports opponents in the qualifiers. We're definitely going to look into that, hopefully get some interviews. Um, I know Samantha Johnson might be coming on, hopefully, to talk a little bit about her experience in Turkish football and how it is for her as a, as a female journalist working in a sport, such, com- so, so comp- you know, s- such a competitive sport world with lots of people vying for the same job. How did she end up in Turkey and uh, yeah, does she have any tips for young aspiring journalists, boys or girls, doesn't matter. Um, I think she will have an inspirational story to tell and I- I'm looking forward to hearing that and uh, hopefully we can have some other special guests on in the coming months but I want to thank you listeners very much for tuning in because our our, our numbers have been growing and, and I've been very pleased with their recent developments so I, I hope that you continue listening to Football Alha and and also continue giving us your feedback guys, once again thank you very much I'm going to let all of you go now uh, after a very long season and uh, enjoy for Emut yeah, and Uzer, of course.
1: And uh, and thank you, Khan, as well, for, for having this uh, this idea to bring us all together and to launch this Turkish War podcast. It's gonna a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and uh, look forward to the new season and catching up again
0: for sure. And good luck in the Champions League. Uh, oh, we
1: might need it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I don't think you'll get as lucky as you did last season with the draw. Yeah. I don't hey, think no, it will happen like twice. Uh, like
1: right,
0: yeah. um, that was a very unfortunate missed opportunity, I think. Yeah,
1: it was, it was,
0: it was. Uh, Brock, and for you, I uh, hope wishing you all the best in the next season so that you may only uh, end a couple of points below Bishikdash next season.
2: <laughs> well, we, we we live and hope. Uh, and I'd like to echo um, as our statements and saying thank you for for setting this up uh, to give, a, give us a voice to air our... Our grievances are what we like, what we dislike. Uh, thank you to all the listeners who have tuned in. Um, please continue to, continue to listen. Um, we're going to be bringing you some, some jam-packed episodes over the, the summer months as well. So the league may have finished, but there's still a lot of football to be discussed. So um, yeah. keep tuning in, uh, keep downloading, and we hope to talk to you all soon.
0: Yeah, and thanks to you guys because you know what, without you it wouldn't be possible. Uh, and I think we did find the right amount of uh, the, the the correct mix, really, uh, the, the right cocktail and. Uh uh, people have s- seemed to be enjoying it, and uh, hopefully uh, we will not get flagged for uh, too much v- vile language or anything like that. But uh, yeah, but that'll do it for this episode, episode 15 of Football truck, guys. We will be back next week, uh, maybe not as timely as we <laughs> I would say usually are, but we have been uh, not doing it too well lately but uh we will definitely be back next week with another episode not yet sure what it will entail probably we'll talk a little bit about uh, the national professional team and stuff like that so uh, we'll see but uh, see you all next week